a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You know I'm a Second Amendment enthusiast, and more than that, I uh, I, I very much enjoy and am intrigued by uh, the technology of firearms and the hobbies associated. I like target practice. I like uh, refining my own abilities. It's, a, uh, for me at least, a very peaceful process, and uh, there's a community involved. Uh, there's a lot of uh, joy uh, I derive uh, from my affection for firearms. Uh, there's, a, of course, discipline, safety, uh, which you must uh, pay attention to. Is safety first, last, and always. Uh, later on in the program, we're going to be talking about uh, a story involving the National Rifle Association. Uh, when I was uh, a young boy, uh, my dad, in the mail, got a VH copy, VHS copy uh, of a safety video put out by the NRA, the National Rifle Association, called uh, Eddie Eagle. And uh, the safety tips... Uh, that I learned then, I intend to, to pass down to my own little daughter uh, once she grows up uh, old enough to, to understand. And, and the tips were uh, stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. That's Eddie Eagle. Uh, and many of you may uh, remember and recognize uh, those tips. And anyway, I, I share all of that as a preface to this next conversation we're about to have with Jason Curry uh, from the Division of Forestry, Fire, and State Lands. Yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, as uh, some family and I were together in Mapleton, uh, we looked up at the hillside and saw that, uh, that oh, there's a little bit of smoke coming from up there. Uh, and that little bit of smoke uh, very rapidly over the course of the next hour went from uh, just a, a few puffs of smoke to uh, quite literally an inferno, which had consumed uh, the entire side of a mountain and, uh, and fell off out of view uh, behind. And, well, uh, we have learned that the highest of likelihoods is that it was recreational shooting uh, that caused uh, that fire. And so to talk a, a little bit about uh, how fires are triggered by shooting, triggered, <laughs> so to speak, uh, I am joined uh, by Jason Curry. Jason, uh, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There are uh, certain like legal uh, restrictions on what we can do uh, in terms of, of target shooting. The the tannerite, the explosive stuff, uh, that that's no good. Uh, tracer rounds, uh, th- those are able to be you know off limits from uh, time to time. But there are also uh, certain common sense uh, approaches uh, that we should bring to target shooting when uh, you know when the weather. Is uh, is right or wrong? I should say uh, when it's really dry, when it's really hot, uh, because even uh, doing what is legal uh, can sometimes uh, spark the fire. Walk us through some of that. Sure, and, and I'll preface this by uh, echoing your comments about supporting the Second Amendment. I mean, I'm, I'm a big shooter guy myself. Many of the investigators that we have um, are also big supporters of big shooters. But yeah, the, um, the, the, this conversation is not anti-gun. This is pro common sense. We, we, yeah, we want to be upfront about that really clear. I mean, this is this is something that I don't want to discourage anybody from go, going out and enjoying firearms. It's totally appropriate at all times of year, but during certain times of the year, it's inappropriate in certain locations. And and just like we we have those those critical firearm safety rules of, you know, keeping your finger off the trigger, um 
not pointing it at anything you don't want to kill or destroy or anything like that. But the one that people really need to take into account is is being aware of your backstop and what's beyond and what's what's in and around it. And if there's dry grass and rocks around your backstop and in your target area, um, that's a big red flag that you should be taking seriously and, and reevaluate. Go to someplace where where you're you're not in that. Um, just shooting into the dirt you're very, very unlikely to start a fire with, with firearms. If you're just shooting into the side of a dirt embankment um, at a good distance, I mean, there are some exceptions with muzzle loaders and shotguns uh, that can, can cause fires right out of the muzzle. But for the most part, those projectiles go into the dirt, um, and, and uh, they're pretty much inert. But when they hit rocks, um, when they hit a, a hard target like a steel plate and there's dry grass around, boy, we've seen, we've seen it 30-plus 30, 30 times this year. That's stunning, and and I'll admit, and you and I had a conversation about this earlier, and I, I thought, oh my gosh, I, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to learn this here today. But the steel plates, uh, anyone who has been out firing at steel plates knows that that bing, if you can cause that sound, it is one of the most satisfying feelings uh, that you're going to really experience. Uh, and yet, I, uh, and yet, as you've described here, it does pose a threat when the conditions are just so, when it is so hot and so dry. Uh, maybe we avoid uh, the steel plates. Well, and, and again, it's the backstop, and it's the, it's the surroundings that you're in. And I love that sound, too. I, mean, I, think, I think everybody loves that feedback you get when you hit that plate. But if you've got that plate set up right where there's a bunch of dry grass and other vegetation, it's a recipe for disaster. And we've seen it time and time again this year. And I think those, those are becoming more and more popular and, and rightfully so they're, like I said, they're a lot of fun. So yeah, set it up in an area where there's not that, that vegetation up against a dirt embankment, um, you know, in a gravel pit, someplace that maybe even green vegetation. And, and in most cases, yeah, go for it. But, uh, but that dry grass should be a really, uh, a really, major red flag as you're evaluating uh, that backstop in your target area in the summer months. And this is this is common sense. This is best practices type stuff. We're not right now uh, talking about like state law. We're not talking about uh, uh, we're not talking about things that we can be prosecuted for unless uh, we are responsible for uh, a fire and then we can face some liability. Yeah. Well, common sense. We want it to be common. We want it to be more common sense because based on what we've seen so far this year and even in years prior, uh, it's not very common for people to kind of have this understanding. And I think there is a little bit of a thought out there that now oh, there's an anti-shooting sentiment and we're just trying to shut down shooters and stuff like that. But, man, it, it, it's completely wrong. Um, we want to encourage people to go out and use public lands and even private lands um, in, in all the ways that you can. But, uh, but there's got to be some caution. And as, as, you, as you go out and, uh, and shoot, typically you're not going to be breaking any laws. Like you mentioned, tracer and exploding targets earlier, uh, those can be illegal in a lot of areas. In fact, all throughout the state, shooting tracer ammo is illegal all the time, um, except for in some very unique circumstances. Um, exploding targets in different counties are illegal. They're restricted at certain times of the year based on fire restrictions. Um, so really, it's, it's, it's on the user to, to be educated, to, uh, to understand, and, and just you know, go out and have a fun time. But, but remember, if you are the one that triggers that, uh, that wildfire, there is absolutely no question. We will be pursuing recovery costs to uh, to try and get the cost of, of suppressing that fire that the taxpayers have to bear from uh, whatever source we can. And, and unfortunately, a lot of folks have found out the hard way that um, the uh, wildfire agencies are serious about that. You, you hope, uh, you know, the simple desire not to cause uh, a fire uh, is enough. But uh, if not, and you're listening, you're just learning about this, uh, know, too, that just as uh, Mr. Curry here has 
uh, shared that if you are responsible for the fire, regardless of whether or not you're operating within or without the law, uh, that uh, you, you, there is a good chance that you'll be held liable for the uh, expense incurred in fighting that and the damage possibly caused by that fire. Jason Curry with the Division of Forestry, Fire, and State Land, sir. Thank you for your time and your information here. Yep. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. And just if I could mention one more Please. thing really quickly, don't don't be so sure that your ammo is not steel. Test it with a magnet. Right. T- 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 share a bit about that before we go to break. Yeah. So what I've seen time and time again is, is I, you know, I patrol a lot of areas that are prone to fire. And when I come in contact with people, uh, I'll just uh, approach and just ask them about their target, ask them about their ammo. Um, and I'll test it with a magnet right in front of them. And I've surprised a number of people who had no idea that, that what they were shooting uh, had either a steel jacket or a steel core um, when you when you put a magnet on there. So it's really simple to do that test um, and uh, take the appropriate precautions um, when you're when you're shooting that yeah. type of stuff. But even even lead in some rare circumstances, just a regular copper jacketed lead ball can do the same. But right. yeah. Thank you. Thanks again. That's important stuff. Be aware of what you're shooting. Uh, you can do that by reading the box, just being familiar, uh, or uh, if push comes to shove, you got the magnet test for you there. Uh, quick break. When we return, uh, we are going to be discussing the NRA. It turns out uh, the former chief of staff uh, has, well, written a book and granted an interview, and none of it is flattering for the NRA. But I question his motives, and we're going to dig into the details of that story next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.